Oh, snap! The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business, and we're friends, like my friend, who doesn't appear very often, it seems. I don't know where she's been. I think doing another course, Neely Piazza. Good morning. What's happening? Not a lot. How's everything there? You know, we had a huge hailstorm last night. Beat my flowers to death. Oh. It was Darn. really, yeah. So there was evidently a, a concert at Red Rocks last night. And mm-hmm. I think they said seven people had to go to the hospital because of the hail. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, Rick moved the truck. So his truck's so big, it can't get in the garage. So he had to move it uh, under some trees. And we were cooking a steak on our, you know, trafagger or whatever that little thing, you know. Yeah. That, and so he said, can you get the steak off the grill? He's sitting in his truck and he calls me in the house. You get the steak off the grill. So I go out there and it's beating me to death. So I go back in the house, get a hat on and a chair cushion in order to grab the steak off the grill. And it was beating, oh my my, gosh. And it was beating my hands. It like hit my knuckles and everything. So I can imagine, you know, what always concerns me that somebody's dog or cat uh, is outside with they, no way to get out of that. No yeah. way to get out of it. And they're just getting pelted. I mean, it was bad. It, it or came, their horse. That's even. Right? Yeah. Cows, horses. Yeah. I mean, I guess the elk and the fox and all the animals that live outside all the time, you know, they know what to do. But still, ouch. Well, Dang. they probably have access to more cover. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's 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 scary. Yeah, so we we're doing a big cleanup today. Uh, one positive, I will say, one positive that came out of the hailstorm is that it knocked a lot of the pollen off and out of the trees. You know, because this is major <laughs> green air time because of all the pollen, green, yellowy air. So, hence my voice today because I've been out blowing and raking and all that kind of stuff so anyhow turn it all up <laughs> stirring it all up in my lungs well we're so glad that you're here because yeah i've got a sphincter load of questions that i need to ask you and get your opinion on okay well i've asked this of of dr andy and dr jacek so i'm going to ask it of you as well and then we're going to go on to some more questions but but here's here's a question for you if a dog is recovering from parvo should they eat a raw diet Mm, yeah you you guys all say it the same you're like well why are you asking me that question it's so silly (laughs) well yeah poor dog's already been through toxic hell why would you why would you feed it toxic kibble because that's what the vet told him that's what the vet told him to do so this the sweet man um had called me from pennsylvania and um was scared to death and he was a raw feeder, but his vet said, Hey, 
since your dog has had parvo, and this was a 13 month old dog. Okay. Um, Oh, he's a, he's had it and long since recovered from it. No, no, no. It, it was just two weeks. Mm. He he tried to give it substandard food for two weeks and the dog wasn't having it. So that's why he called. Smart dog. Yeah. And he said, uh, you know, I'm afraid and uh, therefore I want to get your opinion. And uh, I said, well, you know, I said, well, it doesn't, like you said, doesn't make any sense. Um to feed a substandard food when we're in a compromised position or any time, but especially then. Especially, um, yeah. Yeah. So he actually called me back yesterday and he said, I just wanted to give you an update. Um, after I spoke to you, I just went back to the raw and my dog's doing great. Well, and really, if you think about it, all Parvo is, is hemorrhagic diarrhea, uh, you know, uncontrollable bloody diarrhea and if and um so the the if he's past the critical stage and in recovery you know one of the biggest problems he's going to have is dehydration so if you're feeding if you're feeding kibble you're adding to that i mean you're like exponentially adding to that problem so the you would certainly want to feed high moisture um good quality digestible food like that versus kibble. I mean, that's just silly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that, uh, that was good news. Uh, but as yeah, we that's always, great. yeah, but as we always say, um, fear sells. Mm -hmm. Fear does sell. Okay. So and you can't really blame people in a situation like that because you know, it's not something they've been in before and it's their, it's, you know, it's their dog and, uh, well, you know, I, I get it. I mean, I, I've been in, I've been in uh crisis situations where for a minute or two, my brain goes totally to mush too. And I have to be like, okay, in the sphincter, <laughs> step, out, step outside of this situation. And <laughs> well, what would you tell somebody else? <laughs> well, the dog had been in the hospital for two weeks uh, with intravenous fluids. Can you imagine what that bill was? Two weeks? No. Yikes. No. Ooh. Scary. Scary, scary. Okay. So here's another well, let me question. Ask you, let me what? ask you something. <clears throat> okay. You're going to ask me something. All right. Was that dog vaccinated for Parvo? Yes. There you go, folks. <laughs> there you go. Yes, because I asked him. But here's, the, here's what people always say to me. Yeah, but that was when he was a puppy. Uh, and that means... What I mean, that means, that means all bets are off. <laughs> I mean, that that's what I hear. All that's the time. when you that's when they tell you to vaccinate for Parvo when they're puppies. I mean, right, right, right. But there you right. go. Point point made. <laughs> but 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 Niels, I mean, what 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 he was told was that there was something in the soil that he got something, you know, in the soil. Well, yeah, they're going to tell you anything. But the fact remains that. It, um, and this has been studied too. I can quote the study, but, um, dogs that, that get parvo, the vaccinated ones, um, are less likely to recover than the unvaccinated ones. An unvaccinated dog with parvo usually gets over it in three or four days. A vaccinated dog that gets parvo, which Technically, if vaccines worked and vaccine theory was true and all that other mess that they told you was actually true, they wouldn't get it. But 
you know, there's just as many, or, you know, that have been that get it and they have a whole lot harder time getting over it. They usually have uh, worse lingering effects and um, more of more of them actually die than the unvaccinated ones. But anyway, that's the total side. Yeah. You're a conspiracy theorist. That's what I'm saying. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You well, you know, have, and have, people, people seem to think that's a bad word, but all conspiracy means is that multiple people are in the know. How is that bad? <laughs> <Right>. No, <laughs> it's kind of like people try to say an anti-vaxxer as a slur. And I'm like, I would, I wear that label proudly. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know why anybody would take that as an insult. That's a sign of intelligence. <laughs> now we know uh, after uh, all the science has come out. But but no, the reason I was saying that was because, you know, you and I listened to uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. And, and have looked at his work as far as vaccines and trying to help the kiddos who have been damaged. And you had Dr. Hotez. Hotez. Yeah. Yeah. It's he's a he's a creeper. Ooh, creeper, cheaper. Yeah. So anyway, we were talking about him yesterday in class. We actually did a, a, a homeopathic profile on on him. It was pretty funny. Uh, Leslie Manukian wrote an article, a Substack um, that she published a couple of days ago, and uh, it addressed some some. Uh, interview or something that they were on together and she addressed all the things that he was trying to slam her and he you know all the things some, that he said were untrue yes. made some statements that were completely untrue and all that kind of stuff and so she was going through that and so we were repertorizing um like uh what kind of pathology that would be that a person would would do that you know it was just sort of a fun exercise to to uh, get experience um interpreting symptoms and actions and things like that but anyway I, that's just funny that you brought it up because we were we kind of dove into that yesterday robert kennedy you know they they he wants to debate hotez and yeah well he won't <laughs> no he won't but what they're doing is that they're saying, oh, well, you can't debate a conspiracy theorist like Robert Kennedy. because and, and so what now the angle is whenever you have facts, real facts, real data, real evidence, um, you're being prevented from presenting that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all name calling. I mean, that's all they have is <clears throat> is name calling and um uh, bashing and that kind of stuff but it makes you wonder or i always wonder how much of the things that those people say they like legitimately believe you know are they are they truly being um uh dishonest and corrupt or do they really believe that and then that turns into well you're either stupid or you're delusional, you know? So um, there's some sort of psychiatric component somewhere or just straight up evil and corrupted, mm -hmm. which, you know, and there could be, there could be aspects of, of all of that combined. And then 
Somebody said, I didn't know this, but somebody said in the group, and I can't verify it. I don't know that it's true, but somebody said that Hotez's daughter is autistic and that that's one reason why he refuses to believe any of that, because then he would have to come to grips with the fact that um, he was involved in his his own daughter's issues. But I mean, if you're wrong, you're wrong. Just admit it. (laughs) Right? How hard right. is that? Right? I, I don't get it. I was wrong to leave my plants outside last night. I can tell you that because they are beat to smithereens. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's 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 uh, unsettling, Neely, what we're seeing right now. The real push to avoid the truth. And the more and more that I see it on the human side, the scarier and scarier it gets on the dog side. And right now, the people that I talk to are not able to find any kind of healthcare for their dogs. It, you know, um, that isn't hinged on, Hey, uh, are you, is your dog totally vaccinated? And and before too long, people are not even going to have to make that choice because there's not enough vets to go around and i can't tell you how many people that that i have heard say that they can't get in anywhere you know Um, even if they want to go to the vet they can't get in anywhere and i've talked to a couple people where even the emergency clinics have turned them away so it might not be such a hard choice (laughs) too long oh yeah it's not good it's not good hey here's a question no um Here's a question in regards to someone who is making their own food at home. And the question really was, how much of the bone powder can I add? And can I add too much? And uh, our team asked, well, what is the blend that you're feeding? And the answer was hearts, liver, and kidneys. And we said, well, what? You need to put some muscle meat in there. So our customer service said, you don't want want more than 20% heart and 15% organ and somewhere around 10 to 15% bone. So there's a lot missing in that diet. And the response was, well, how is it that muscle meat offers more than organ meat? What I've been thinking- I know what I've been thinking is that nothing is better than organ meat for a concentrated food. So we need to, you you can't, you can't feed straight, straight organs. I've known people that have done that and their dogs do terrible. I mean, yes, you need organs for sure. And you need, um, at least 10%, but more than, uh, and then the debate comes in as to whether heart is a muscle meat or an organ or blah, 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 blah. Well, when I went to school, heart was an organ. So, you know, yeah, it is muscle meat, but it's cardiac muscle. It's not skeletal muscle. It's a different. So if you, you know, you want like 20, 25% quote unquote organ, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, heart, liver, kidney, spleen, pancreas, um, brains, eyeballs, whatever you can whatever you can get your hands on, the, the bigger, the variety, the better, but, um, you need, you, you can't feed straight organ. You, you need to look at how a prey animal is put together and 
estimate the ratios of what that is basically um i mean or organ meats don't ask me what but each each type of meat an organ has a different amino acid profile, a different vitamin mineral profile. Just like the whole thing, if you feed um, uh, an exorbitant amount of liver, you can end up with vitamin A toxicity, right? Right. I I, I always tell people that's really not an issue, but uh, um, nobody really can get away with feeding more than 10% liver without having explosive diarrhea. So it's kind of self-limiting there. So but you know if you if you concentrate too much of that stuff like that you're going to end up with excesses of a lot of things and typically if it's a if it's a whole food like that or a um a natural like you know a, a real food and you have an overage of something um a body can deal with it but not to that extent that's way way too much organ there needs to be muscle meat in there that for your more complement of different amino acids i mean even different species of animals have different different amino acid profiles different fatty acid profiles all that kind of stuff so you need all of that combined you can't just pick one facet of it um but you know if she was to put raw meaty bones in there instead of instead of the uh better bones you know like um turkey necks or chicken thighs or something like that that had a decent amount of uh meat on it that would be better but yeah you need you need muscle meat in there and you need realistically you need a little bit of veg component also yeah, just, so, for the, just for the bugs. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that here in one second. So just for um, this pet parent, when you talk about the, the, the muscle meat, we're not talking about heart. Okay, so I want to make sure that people understand that. Heart can be a component, but let's not go over 20% in heart, okay? Yeah, don't do that. You Yeah, you want skeletal regular muscle because cardiac oh. muscle and skeletal muscle are completely different. Totally different. So in that combination, we're talking about, so let me look at these uh, proportions here. So let's say that they're doing, let's just go with 20, 20, 20, and 15. So that's 55. Let's just say that's, let's say you did 20% organs. Okay. We're going to keep that liver at 10 and we're going to do the other ones, which is fine. Uh, then let's say we did 20% in the heart and then, um, we need the muscle, um, meat. Well, then you'd need like 40% muscle and 10% bone. Okay. But they're using the bone powder, so they should probably use it, uh, according to 10% fat. Or how much fats? Uh, how I don't I don't know. Whatever the label says, I don't know how you would break down powdered bone versus digestible bone. It's okay. it's it's it says on the label how to feed it. Um, I can see the customer service line as we're talking. So, with this uh, sweet pet parent, um, they said, "Okay, uh, I can get hamburger 
at the grocery store that's 15% fat, but I'm very cautious with the fat because it can cause pancreatitis. No, it doesn't have anything to do with it. Okay. Raw fat doesn't have anything to do with pancreatitis and any decent holistic vet will tell you that. Even uh, Dr. Morgan says that, Dr. Becker says that um, pancreatitis doesn't have anything to do with raw fat. Processed, rendered, cooked fat, yes. Raw fat, no. So um, it, it doesn't if you now, if you have a dog that has chronic pancreatitis, you may need to take a little, um, a little precaution and add digestive enzymes and things in there. But usually not. Usually, once they're they've clinically recovered, you're fine with that. It's not, it's not really an issue. But um, it's not gonna. It's not going to cause it. I'm not promoting high fat. I'm not one that promotes high fat, but um, you're not going to develop pancreatitis from raw fat. She said, here's the other issue. I've recently learned quite a bit about what goes on in the meat industry with regard to parasite medication and hormones and non-organic feed. As a consequence, we ourselves have become vegetarians, also eating fish and local eggs. But I don't want to be feeding our dogs meat that comes from animals that have hormones placed under their ear flaps and loads of parasite medication that end up in the meat. Well, even conventional growers don't typically use the um, the uh, hormone capsules anymore there was such an uproar about that a long time ago that most of the conventional growers don't even do that. They will do, and I can't speak for wormings and vaccinations and all that kind of stuff. Usually a feedlot situation, they do have some form of just general um, treatment like that, that all the cows get, but most, um, most cows are only in the feedlot for two or three months. So there are a lot of people don't know this, but the majority of beef, you know, spends the first part of its life on grass or hay or whatever. And then it's finished off in a feedlot. And that's when you get that. But that um, that steroid um, uh, little uh, forget what it's called, but it's a. Uh, they shoot it in their ear under the skin and it's like a slow release thing. Most, most places don't do that anymore. And a lot of, a lot of growers will say, you know, antibiotic hormone free or whatever. Um, and the organic feed, I mean, that, that I guess is a little bit better, but your organic meat just means that it's been fed organic grain, which you know, if you're like going crazy about it anyway, you can't, you want the grass fed, but I mean, labeling, labeling laws changes, changes all the time. Country of origin laws change all the time. There's really not any way to, to reliably track any of that. And, um, you'll make yourself dizzy and crazy and all that. If you, try to try to run down all of those all of those things and 
you know, there's a lot of places that, um, like for instance, polyface, uh, salatins, um, farm in Virginia that pretty much everybody is familiar with. Mm -hmm. He's, he's not certified organic or anything like that. You know, it, it, just because the producer is not certified this or certified that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And the problem I see, Niels, is that people get on YouTube or they hear about, you know, certain things and then they decide, all right, well, we're only going to give our dogs organs or I'm only going to eat plants. And then you have people that say, I'm not going to give them organs because that's where all the toxins are filtered from. So, right. I mean, you know, it's like I said, you can make yourself crazy. I'm not saying don't feed the cleanest you possibly can, but, you know, and then there's that whole what you just said about not being able to afford it. Well, you know, most people can't afford to feed themselves that way, let alone feed their dogs that way. So they're like, well, if I can't do that, I'm just going to feed kibble. So, I mean, what what's the what's the alternative you have to you know i would i would rather feed and i'm not saying that that um those things are not true and what your what your food eats doesn't have an effect on it 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 does all that stuff is for the most part true it's blown out of proportion and all that but you have to look at the the difference so if if you're going to give yourself the option, well, I'm only going to feed 100% pristine, grass-fed, hand-picked beef or kibble, well, that's silly. Mm -hmm. All but, right, so, you know. So here is, uh, so I'm watching the chat. And um, so this pet parent, because uh, I'm going to send the link to this podcaster, um, she said the organ meats are very high in protein, plus they are highly concentrated in nutrients. So why isn't that as good as muscle meat? It is, and you need that, but you have to have the full complement of amino acids. You you can't, that's like saying, I'm going to just live on broccoli because broccoli is great for me. You can't do that. Right. And I can't, I can't like specifically tell you, well, you need this much of this amino acid or this much of that amino acid or this much of that fatty acid and this much of that vitamin or this much of that. I can't tell you those numbers because nobody in their right mind is silly enough to memorize all that stuff. But you, you're, you're feeding a highly concentrated food that you're, you're running the risk of um, giving a toxic overdose of something if you're just feeding organs mm -hmm. and running the risk of having a deficit of something else, that's why you rotate proteins. That's why you rotate organs. That's why you rotate species. That's why you um, have variety and all that. It's not, it's not that organs are bad. It's not that muscle meat is better, but you need the whole thing. I mean, I mean, they've 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 evolved eating the whole complement of things. So you need the whole part, not not just picking and choosing bits and pieces like that. Gotcha. OK, good. All right. So I think that that's good. And I will uh, send this information, uh, a link to that pet parent, and hopefully she will um, be more confident in how to put together 
<laughs> or food. All right. I would I would take the that organ mix and just add raw meaty bones to it. Get some turkey necks. Get some um, chicken thighs. Get some um, beef necks or something. You know, something like that. Yeah, and, and if and if you do that, we need to pull out the better bones. Okay, so if you're, yeah, absolutely. But you know, there's not, and there needs to be some fat in there too. She I does mean, get a fish. Bit. She gives fish, sardines. So that's yeah. a little bit. All right. So um, here's the thing, though. If you guys are confused or you've been down a rabbit hole and now you're trying to come back out of that rabbit hole, you're like, where am I? I think you should sign up for a consult with Neely Piazza because uh, it's a no it's a no nonsense consult and uh, she'll get you straightened out pretty quick with a great explanation. Okay. So um, you can go over to my site, which is raw dog food and company and uh, go to the experts page, or you can go straight to Neely's page, which is wholeanimalwellness.com. And uh, you can uh, blow up her chat there. Okay. Um, so Neely, let's talk about why a dog would have constant diarrhea all right constant diarrhea and how we can fix that constant diarrhea now let me say this if a dog is on kibble that's one thing all right we do see the sloppy poops from kibble but there are other reasons why a dog may have constant diarrhea and why a pet parent may say the raw diet still does not improve the diarrhea. So let's talk about that. What say you on that issue? Well, so, you know, we talk about the microbiome a lot, right? So you have a gut biome, you have skin biome, you have eye biome, you have nose, you have ears, you have feet, all that, all of those parts have, have their own biome, right? Um, but the GI system and I've said this before, you feed the, you feed the bacteria you want and you starve the ones you don't want. The ones you feed are the ones that'll grow and the others will just sort of shrink away. So, and it's not exactly like they'll, so bacteria are more like, um, they have different, different phases. So they have like a spore form and then an active form. So if you if you starve an undesirable form, they'll revert back to their to their spore form, for lack of a better way to say it. And then whatever nutrients they have, that is the that's the type of species that will resurface. So you have to make the the um, substrate that the bacteria grow on hospitable for the right or the more beneficial types and the the species that will help help the dog digest and assimilate the proteins will help produce the right enzymes and all the other things that the bacteria in the gut do so you need to feed a small portion of appropriate veg some dogs will need digestive enzymes for whatever reason and a lot sometimes and this is happening more and more because People will, or vets or breeders or whatever, will just across the board, um, 
deworm puppies, whether they need it or not, then they get started on their vet. Some breeders start at six weeks, some start at eight weeks, some wait, whatever, you know, you have, you have a, uh, a parasite, um, treatment, you have vaccine treatment and that strips everything away from the biome to start with. And so they don't have the ability to digest and process the protein. Right. So, um, that's how some, sometimes you'll end up with a dog that, oh, my dog just has constant explosive diarrhea on raw and his spine on kibble. Well, that that's why he has like no biome. So you have to, you have to regrow that. Um, and it all starts with, like we've always said, it starts with worming, vaccines, antibiotics, steroids, flea and tick stuff. And that sets the dog up for environmental allergies and food allergies. And typically the environmental allergies will show up first. And then the, the food sensitivities and intolerances to allergies will show up, will show up a little bit later. So by the time a puppy is a, roughly a year old, they, they have these environmental allergies, quote unquote, for again, for lack of a better word, but this is what typically what people understand to be as allergies. It's not quite what it is, but that's the way we, we understand it. And then as time goes on, they develop the food sensitivities. And then you end up with a three-year-old dog that is on Apoquil or Cytopoint and is scratching its hair out and has chronic diarrhea and all kinds of problems. Well, that's how it starts. And that's legitimately what happens. So, and they try to make the switch to raw and you have these constant diarrhea issues you have to start with rebuilding the substrate that the bacteria grow on and then feed the right bacteria with the right veg and the right proteins and you might have to for you know a short interval while that's happening you might need to add digestive enzymes you might need to add uh soil-based probiotics you might need to do um very um, gently cooked or boiled or even like in a mildly done in the slow cooker or something like that until that, um, that biome is able to process and assimilate the food like it's supposed to. You keep feeding it kibble, you're just more toxic in and the worse you're going to get, even though Clinically, it looks like it's worse with real food. It's not. It's because your biome is so decimated and has maybe one or two strains of bacteria in it. You can't do it. It can't do what it's supposed to do. So, which means your dog's going to end up with um, other deficiencies and things too, because but because the biome actually produces some vitamins and some enzymes and all that. So you just are in a you just end up in a mess, which again goes back to why I say don't go to the vet. Oops. So I, yeah. So I think that that it would be well worth your time to sign up with Neely so that she can help you. If you have this issue, first and foremost, guys, you got to get off kibble all the way around. Um, and whatever that looks like, I mean, it might it may be a trial and error kind of thing to to figure out what's going to work, but you have to, yeah, you have to eliminate 
as much toxic input as possible. So that, that goes down to filtered water. It goes down to any pharmaceuticals. It goes down to your cleaning products, your laundry detergent, your, um, uh, the, the yard, um, uh, chemicals and, or sprays or whatever that the dog is exposed to, depending on where you live, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, Air it's, fresheners, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. There's, there's so much, there's so much. Yeah. Ely, ha, ha, is it, is there ever a situation where pure raw food has killed a dog? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Just checking. Just checking, because it seems to be that narrative that's still out there. So I just wanted to make sure that, um, you know, that I hadn't missed something because uh, last time I looked, real food hadn't killed a dog. But no, it's the it's the processed kibble crap that is always loaded with rancid fats. And you're a conspiracy theorist. I'm just bacteria and all that. I'm going to need to shut you down. I'm going to need to stop you from talking. (laughs) You said that. I mean, if people would look around, they will see that this is happening, happening all over the place, right? So they're shutting down the information out there. Did did you see the new documentary on the COVID vaccine and the people that were injured by it and what, you know, how they, how they're treated and basically what is being said to them? No. Like you're crazy and no, this isn't happening and it couldn't be the vaccine. Well, yeah, they've been telling them that for a a while. And Facebook took, took all of the uh, groups down too. Got to get over to rumble. Got to get over to rumble. Yeah. It's um, and so when I, when I really look at again at the dog space, what's the easiest place to push that stuff out there? I think it's in the veterinary world. I really do. What do you mean? The push, the crap, the non-truth, the um, don't well, listen the vet, to the-, the vet labs and all that. That's where all of the uh, bioweapon research and all that stuff starts and goes goes on initially. And then it's that goes up the chain. And then in the pharmaceutical industry, the stuff that doesn't work for people gets pushed down the chain to the, to the veterinarian. So, you know, I mean, we've talked about that with the gabapentin specifically, but, um, so yeah, um, that whole industry is compromised from the, from the top. I mean, there's a whole lot of, of, um, DVM, PhDs that don't see animals at all. They are all working in some uh, some lab or some research um, position or something like that. If you are confused about what to feed, uh, about um, your dog's health, I would suggest that you work with Neely Piazza. Neely is... Um, one of the most researched um, nutritionists out there, not even not just on the on the dog side, but on the human side, and there's a lot of correlations there. Um, get over to her website, wholeanimalwellness.com, or find her. You can fill out the form on my site in our experts section. That's going to be in the experts section in the learning center. So I would um, I would get over there. 
So, all right. Well, thanks, Neil. Thanks for being a part of the podcast. I hope that we can do this every week. You and I have been extremely busy and um, we need to start doing our webinars. Yes, we do. I think what makes you extraordinary in your consultations is that you have such a wealth of knowledge and you may not know exactly what that was, but you say, "Mm, I remember that course. I remember dealing with that and you're able to go back and find it. And, and then change it if uh, research shows that it needs to be changed. All right, All everybody. connecting dots. That's right. That's right. Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com. We'll help you get on a species-appropriate diet where it is balanced, okay? And I use that word I don't like that word necessarily all the time, but it has all the right components to it. And then you can add things to it. All right. But uh, let's make sure that we have the muscle meat, we have the organs, we have the bone, and we have some veg at some time in the week and the month. Okay. We got to do, we got to do that. Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business. And what, Neely? Friends don't let friends feed kibble. That is right. We'll see you soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, snap. Snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap. Just snap.